Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Welcome to the MHR Radio Podcast with Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. 2018 season has finally, mercifully, come to a conclusion. But there's still one question that has to be asked, Adam, and we all know what that question is. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm going to ask it. Has Vance Joseph been fired yet? No. No, Why? but... Well... I mean, Bud Bowles and Dirk Cutter were both fired. That's true. Maybe what I will tell you is that not necessarily that he hasn't been fired, but I think we're sitting in that moment where we just don't know yet, right? We just haven't been informed by the team that Vance Joseph has been let go by the organization. Um, but at this point, it's probably semantics, but you never know. Last year we thought it was it was one and done for him as far as one season and it was such a debacle. Um, and then John Elway slept on it. And we have had heard reports about what actually happened there. And so now we are now we are now we are waiting. We're waiting for him to wake up and realize it's time to fire Vance Joseph. I cannot, I'm gonna rant just a little short rant. I cannot imagine 
I cannot imagine us waking up in a world where Vance Joseph is going to be retained as the head coach after the little tease of a three-game win streak and then the collapse when they looked like the team that was the scariest going into the playoffs. And then missing the playoffs, and not only missing them, but then having the Raiders embarrass them on national television on Monday Night Football in Oakland in their last game in Oakland, an opportunity for John Elway and and the Denver Broncos and everybody to kind of stick it to that franchise. After those after those moments, there is no way, there is no way on this green earth that John Elway wakes up after sleeping on it and says, yeah, I like the direction that this franchise is going, and I like where the head coach is at. Not a possibility. So I will stake my, I will stake my, I don't know, I don't really have anything to bet, but if I had something really cool to bet, I would bet it on Vance Joseph is fired tomorrow, and he needs to be, and he will be, and that's probably a moot point by the, by the time some people hear this. But what if he sleeps on it again and changes his mind again? Because I can vision literal rioting, like with pitchforks and torches at Dove Valley, if Vance Joseph is still the head coach. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, how could it not be pitchforks and and torches and, and, and angry folk? looking for the the monster and the monster at that point isn't Vance Joseph anymore, right? If Vance Joseph isn't fired, if Vance Joseph is retained by the Denver Broncos, who becomes the monster here? Who's the boogeyman at that point? I think it's a pretty obvious answer. I think the answer becomes John Elway. And you can point at Joe Ellis and you can point at the trust and you can say that there's this, that, or the other going on. But the truth of the matter is if John Elway isn't willing to stand up to Joe Ellis and say, no, we're going to do what's best for this franchise and we're going to fire Vance Joseph, then then John Elway becomes the monster that has to be, you know, extricated from the castle and and strung up by his toes. Am I wrong about that? No, because I think he is a big reason why this organization is in the position it's in right now. Because he's made the roster decisions. His title is executive vice president of football operations and general manager. So everything you see on the field is a direct result of his decision because it's ultimately his decision. Now, you can make the argument that Joe Ellis is the de facto owner, so he is, in essence, John Elway's boss, which would be why we have Vance Joseph for a second season because John Elway tried to move on from Vance Joseph if the reports by Woody Page and Les Shapiro are to be believed, and there's no reason not to believe them, then Joe Ellis holds some responsibility. And it's all tied together. I mean, you can look at the business side of this, and we've touched on this numerous times. The business side isn't exactly living up to its end of the bargain either because they can't get a sponsor on the stadium. And it's been almost three years since Sports Authority went bankrupt. So we're seeing an organization that is a headless horseman. There is no one at the top to hold people accountable and ensure things change. 
because I said it in the winners losers after the game. The Broncos are a loser in this, from this game, from this season. And there's not just one person to blame. Every single pe- every single person who is associated with this organization can have the finger pointed at them. It's unacceptable. This is unacceptable that the Broncos have taken this kind of a fall the last three years, specifically the last two. And it's not just one person. It's an organizational failure. Yeah, it's, and I think you hit it on the head there. It's not one person. There is no one person to blame. Obviously, there's guys that have to go. You can... You can look at Vance Joseph and say he needs to be fired. You can look at the coaching staff and say, you know, Bill Musgrave has got to go because he's a terrible OC, and Joe Woods has got to go because of the problems on the defense. Although I think I think Joe Woods has made a case in the last, I don't know, however many weeks you want to say, uh, for being retained possibly. I, I think that we talked about this after the, after the, the Raiders game. At this point, it's it's just wholesale change. There's really no reason to keep anybody around. You have to go. You have to go out and and completely reorganize the coaching staff. But you know, Joe Woods, I would say, is the only guy on that coaching staff, in in my opinion, at least of the three big names. You know, your OC, your DC, and your HC, if you will, um, that you could you could argue has perhaps earned a spot. And and I think this Chargers game is actually a really good example of that. The defense isn't the reason that they lost that game. And and it's this it's the same typical Denver Broncos loss that we've seen for the last two plus seasons, right? Three seasons of the defense plays pretty well, keeps the other team out of the end zone, keeps the other team, you know, that maybe they advance the ball, maybe they give up, you know, 12, 13, 14 points, whatever. And then the offense cannot convert. The offense cannot get out of its own way. The offense cannot put points on the board. So then what you see is by the end of the game, a game that's pretty close, which this game really was, the defense is gassed. They've got no energy. They've got they've got no hustle in them anymore. They've given everything that they can. They've been on the field for far too many minutes. And the other team's offense is able to then go ahead and put a few more points on the board and put the game out of reach. And is there any other play that is the best metaphor for this Denver Broncos season than that two-point conversion that turned into a two-point, a pick two points, right? A pick two, as my kid called it today. Anthony says, it's a pick two, Dad. It's a pick two. So that's right, it is. Uh, And it's exactly the Denver Broncos season. They go down, they score a good touchdown, and then they they look like they're in it, just like they looked like they were going to be in the playoffs. And then what did they do? They wet their pants. Or did they soil their pants? I think they did both, and they vomited on themselves, and they cried while they were doing it. It was just an explosion of bodily fluids out of them as they just completely disintegrated. And there is no other metaphor, in my opinion, for this. And that's really the one big takeaway, that that is what this, that is what this team is. It's a disintegrating, collapsing flan. It's it's a it's a it's a flan. It's collapsed on itself. And if you know anything about flan, they collapse on themselves. It, 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 there's it's just it's it's pitiful. And so, like you said, there's no one person to blame here. 
but there are people that have to go. You you can blame John Elway. You can blame Joe Ellis. You can blame Vance Joseph. You can blame Bill Musgrave. You can blame Joe Woods. You can blame a lot of people. Case Keenum. You can blame Case Keenum. You can you can certainly do all of those things. But at the end of the day, someone has to be held accountable. So blame is nice, right? You can point your finger all over the place, but it's going to land on somebody. And if you throw that dart at that dartboard with all those faces, it's got to hit Vance Joseph. You've got to get rid of Vance Joseph. That's the only thing you can do, and that's that's what we have to do now. That's where it starts and finishes, because until that change is made, nothing is going to change. Because there has to be some level of modicum that it's acceptable or it's unacceptable. And if they don't get rid of Vance Joseph, that shows to the entire organization, it shows to the fan base that it is acceptable, that they will allow excuses to be made for poor performance. I don't care about injuries. I don't care about any of that stuff. You still have to suck it up and play football. You still have to do your job. And for two years, Vance Joseph has done nothing but make horrible history for this organization. I don't want to go over it again. We've gone over it so many times. And I really want to wash this stank off of me. I want to wash the Vance Joseph stank off of me. And the only and Broncos country needs to do it. The Broncos need to do it. John Elway needs to do it. Just pull the frickin' band-aid off and move on. This is beyond ridiculous. They've wasted two seasons now on this. And now we heard Derek Wolf say the R word. Rebuild. Mm, there it is. There it is. Someone in the organization is saying it. Yeah. Because what's ironic about all of this is the reason that they brought in Vance Joseph was because Elway and the people at the top thought that Vance Joseph would be better equipped to lead a veteran team. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let me ask you a question. Let Let me throw this out there. Because... You know, I saw a Brandon Marshall tweet about how great Vance Joseph is in the locker room and and how much the guys love him. Uh, And and I think that you could probably go into that locker room and ask every single player on that team, how do you feel about Vance Joseph? And they would, to a man, tell you that they they like Vance Joseph as a person and they think he's a great guy and uh, and they like the way he is in the locker room. Do do you think, and this is, maybe maybe I'm just grasping at straws here, but do you think there is a do you think there's an issue there with him being too close to the players? Like I almost feel like, you know, one of the things with an, and you're going to hate me for this. One of the things that John Fox did correctly was he was respected in the locker room, I think, for the most part, but he wasn't beloved. Right? He was the he was the boss. You do what your boss says. He was the guy who was in charge. And and I understand that for the most part he had Peyton Manning and so Life was fairly easy for him, but I, I I always feel like there there comes a time in a situation where you have to have a coach who isn't universally loved by his players, but is universally respected. Where 
they will do what he tells them to do where they will they will run through a brick wall for him not because necessarily they love him but because they respect him and I think you see that with guys like Bill Belichick. I don't think people love Bill Belichick in New England. I think they respect him. I think you see that with to go to the college ranks. You go to Alabama and you look at Nick Saban. Have you seen the way he addresses his players when they make mistakes? There's not a lot of love there. But do you think those men on that sideline will run through a brick wall for him? Because I do. It's not all hugs and 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 you know bro shakes and high fives. You've got to have command of the locker room, not just a love of your players, but they have to respect you and they have to do for you because they respect you and because they know you are the guy who is in charge. And, and I don't think anybody feels like that with Vance Joseph. Is he the guy who's in charge? No, and he hasn't been since he got here. As soon as John Elway put out that BS PR line about he's a leader of men, we should have known he was not, in fact, a leader of men. Fell right into that trap, didn't we? That that was the first that was the first sign that this was not going to be a hire that was going to work out. Because if you have to throw that out, he's not a leader of men. And I really do not care what the players think of Vance Joseph at this point. These are the same guys who said the same crap a year ago. And most of the guys who are standing up for him aren't going to be there anyway. There's going to be a lot of change on this organization come next year. And one of those changes is going to be Brandon Marshall. Absolutely. He's done great things off the field. He was a linebacker on the Super Bowl 50 team. But at the same point, I he's not... He's not a game changing linebacker. A game changing linebacker. No. And as for all the other players who have come to Vance Joseph's defense, what else are they going to do? As soon as the next coach is hired, what are they going to say? Oh yeah, we're fired up. We love this guy. It's I mean, it like would be you don't nice need to, to listen. A, it would be nice to have a little bit of honesty from the players. Be like, no, I don't want to play for this guy because we have. There's a level here. There's a requirement here, and we haven't reached that. The time has come for changes to be made. And some have hinted at that, saying that they expect changes to be made. But this cannot be acceptable. This cannot be something that becomes a part of this organization. Because we've said it for six months. This would not be acceptable under Pat Bolin. He would not have allowed this to happen at any point. It would not be happening. And for two guys to say that they looked up to and idolized Pat Bowlen, to see them running his organization this way, it pisses me off. Yeah, it pisses us off. You know, and I think the hardest part is for three seasons now, we've reached the end of the season and it's kind of been that that sort of exhaling finally, right? Okay, we're finally done with this season and we can move on. And that is not a fun feeling. That is not a feeling that we as, as Bronco fans are used to. Uh, and and the, the, the problem I have with that is the more it happens, the more used to it you get. And the more you start to accept it. And 
you know, you you can you don't have to look very far in the league to find places that have ex- sort of accepted it for years and years. Just look at Cleveland for the number of years that they got to the end of their season and just accepted it. And, you know, uh, for all of those years and, and just the acceptance of finally the season is over, they get to leave this season with a little excitement, right? Whereas as Denver Bronco fans, we don't. There is no excitement here. The, this loss to the Chargers doesn't release us into an exciting world of of possibilities in the future because that's not the way that it is, right? There isn't that young quarterback who's going to lead us uh, into the future. And, and this is something that I tweeted about today during the game. Uh, you know, if you look around the league and you look at the future of the league and you look at the teams that look like they are going to be successful in the future, it's teams with quarterbacks. It's teams with young quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield is is really at the top of that list for me, obviously. But I, I would even tell you that the Bills and Josh Allen look like they have more potential than the Denver Broncos with Case Keenum and whatever quarterback they end up with. You just go to Kansas City and see what they did with where they just bought into Patrick Mahomes. The the Jets are just going to buy into Sam Darnold. The Cardinals are just going to buy into Josh Rosen. They're going to take their team. They're going to take their quarterback, who they've selected to be their future, and they're going to build around them. And they're going to make a team that fits that guy. And I'm not saying that that's what sh- that's what should have happened with Paxton Lynch, because clearly it isn't. But even the Cowboys. With Dak Prescott. Well, now they got Dak Prescott. Same draft as Paxton Lynch. And he just, you know, there was the injury to Tony Romo, and I get it. But they put him in. He was successful, and they said, that's that's our future. We're going with it. And the Denver Broncos didn't do that. And I'm not saying it would have worked out or it wouldn't have worked out. I don't think it would have, knowing what we know now. But you have to, as a franchise, find a quarterback and just build around them. Someone who can be successful. And a journeyman quarterback who's been around the league is the wrong place to build. That's a weak foundation. That's a bridge to nowhere. It also highlights what needs to happen. Because John Elway has deluded himself into thinking that they can just pick up where Peyton Manning left off. They've refused to say the R word. They have refused to do it. To my recollection, Derek Wolf is the first person to say it. Yeah, I was surprised when you said he said it. I didn't actually see that, so. They need to rebuild. And the only way you can rebuild is by getting a franchise quarterback. And if John Elway thought Trevor Simeon or Case Keenum or Brock Osweiler or Paxton Lynch, were franchise quarterbacks? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That doesn't speak to his quarterback evaluation skills. That's not a good good sign. That's a bad sign. The other bad sign from all of this is Garrett Bowles. Oh, he was bad today. Bad. I mean, he has his moments. There, there's no doubt. I, I think he could. I think he's good as a run blocker. Yeah. 
but he may be one of the worst pass blocking offensive linemen in the entire National Football League. Yeah. I mean, that's why he has the nickname Garrett Holds. Because when you need a holding penalty, you can count on Garrett Holds. He just, he imploded. He's not good. Yeah, he just imploded today. I mean, against the Chargers in week 17 in a game that didn't matter, he totally imploded as a player. Lost his mind on the field. Completely forgot how to block. Forgot that you're not allowed to grab guys. You're not allowed to tackle guys. Like, it was it was, it was embarrassing for him to watch that. And, and how, I don't know how the Broncos get away from him as their left tackle of the future. First-round draft pick, I mean, do you go into next season hoping that he can turn things around? I said it in the winner's losers. I, I don't I don't see them moving on from him because it'll be his third year, but he is going to have to make some huge strides in the offseason, and he's going to have to show that he can do it because at this point he hasn't shown he can do anything but hold. Yeah, and that cost your team. It does. I mean, think about what happened on that. He had two consecutive holding penalties that then led to a horrible decision by Case Keenum that led to the Chargers' first touchdown. You can't have your left tackle, the anchor of your offensive line, putting your offense in situations like that. You just can't have it especially when a team has no room for error, especially offensively. There is no room for error offensively for this team. And if you have a left tackle that's constantly setting you back 10 yards, it's a, it's an uphill climb, especially for a quarterback who was, as my wife said after the, the two-point conversion interception that you touched on. She said, I thought we got rid of Trevor Simeon. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it just feels like a lot of, uh, it's, it's more of the same. You know what I'm saying? And when you get done with a season and the improvement was one game, you know, they, they improved one game and, and, Trevor Simeon, I mean, they could have saved the money and just sent Trevor Simeon out there. Why it, not? It's basically what they got from Case Keenum this year. I mean, it's a, it's an embarrassment at this point. It's an embarrassment that that this is what's happening with with this franchise. And, and you know, you get to the end of this of this abysmal 2018 season, and to and to be sitting here and saying, oh, "It's finally over." Right. I mean, that makes me angry as a fan. Like as a fan, that makes me angry. I wanted a few more weeks of football, but I want a good football and we didn't get it. We didn't get it. What makes me disappointed is that it's just not exciting anymore. It's not fun. And I, I get that there's going to be tough times, that it's not always going to be a situation where the team is going to be competing for Super Bowls because Look at after the back-to-back Super Bowl years and Elway retired. They went to the AFC Championship game one time mm-hmm. during yeah. the Mike Shanahan tenure. And not until Peyton Manning came back in 2012 did that 
did they compete for Super Bowls again? Right. But that's true. It was still exciting. You still, they were still competing for playoff spots. I mean, think of that Tim Tebow year, the 2011 season. I would have, I would go for that any day of the week over what we've had the last two, oh, the last two seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, there's no question there. There is no question there. That's exactly what, what, uh, what every fan would do, I think. And we just, I think it, what we're saying here is as fans, we just want to feel like the franchise is headed in a direction that is um, positive. And this is not a positive direction for this franchise. And uh, the, I think the worst part about it was the, um, you know, you sort of watch the, you know, other fans and what are they watching for? They're watching for other teams to win so that the Broncos can get a higher draft pick because they want the Broncos to lose so that they can get a pick in the top 10. And, and it just blows my mind. And I understand, logically speaking, that that's where we should have been at today watching that game. The, the fact that they lost today, it should be a, a good thing, I suppose, because it means that they got a higher draft pick than if they had won. But that's just, is that what our fandom has become at this point? Is that what we are as, as Broncos country? Is people who root for a higher draft pick? That's what we're, that's what we've been reduced to. And I know that logically speaking, you want that higher draft pick so that in the future, you don't have to be in that position. But we said that last year, but we said that last year and we're back and it's not even as good a pick. Well, the reason I like the higher draft pick is because it limits the possibilities that Elway will screw it up. That's true. You, you, you have to imagine that draft Garrett Bowles. Yeah, he did. With the what and was Shane Ray was Garrett Bowles the the seventeenth pick in the draft is am I right about that? That sounds right. Shane Ray was like twenty five or something twenty six as I recall. I mean no, you're right. They did, uh, you know, they did they did draft some terrible players in the first round. But the higher you go, the harder it is to screw it up. I suppose. Um, I guess that's why people don't give Elway credit for the Von Miller pick. I guess. I, I mean, I guess. I guess. I don't know. So no, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. Has that Joseph been fired yet? No, you know what? I actually, while we were, I don't know if you saw me looking down at my phone. I literally was like, you know what? I'm just gonna check. I'm gonna look at the Twitter. I'm just gonna see, and, and I'm looking at it now, pulling it up here. Um, I, I would assume it would be all over my Twitter feed. Uh, nothing. I see nothing. I see nothing. I don't know. I, I am noticing that in Jennifer Pearson's tweet that says fire Vance Joseph, I, I didn't get a mention in there. Did you? You did. Oh, oh, I see. I see where we're at. I'm just going to drop that there. See if she, see if she, how she feels about that. I'm just saying. So the key now is, where do we where do we go from here? Are we on to rooting for the Chiefs to pull the Chiefs in the playoffs? I mean, I suppose. I honestly like I don't even I don't even know that I can even start to care about the playoffs because it doesn't it, it doesn't even matter. I want the Chiefs to lose. I want them to lose so badly, but we have to wait two weeks anyway because they're not they're not playing in the in the first round. They're playing you know they've they've got that first round by which is is very nice 
So what? So what do you root for here? Nothing really. Do you root against the Chargers when they when they play next week? Do you even care? I don't. There you go. See. I I just want the Broncos to fire Vance Joseph and start the process of finding a new head coach. I th- I think that's what we have to do here. I think we have to just hope that we wake up to a brighter future. And the and the only way we can do that is if we wake up to news that Vance Joseph has been informed that he will not be back as the Denver Broncos head coach. That's that's really the only thing we can hope for here at this point. And then we get another news conference where John Elway thanks himself. Is that what we're we're on to John Elway thanking himself? Is that where we're at? Or Cincinnati. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.